Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And today is episode 52. Let's get it. Big milestone. It's been a year. I didn't think we'd get past episode three, honestly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Big milestone. Because we started this last year in tax season. It was Mm kind of one of those things like, let's just do it. Yeah. If we don't start, we'll never get going. Yeah. Let's start. Right. And I mean, that, that's evidence that you had that attitude of like, we got to just go for it because it was in the middle of tax season, you know, which usually no accountant starts anything new. Well, I'm hoping, I'm almost trying to prove to myself too, that I can, that, um, this vision I have for what we're doing is not so tax heavy and that we can do things. Right. And that's the kind of firm we want to be and that we are becoming. So it made sense to do it during tax season and have our, you know, we're on April 1st here two weeks from the deadline to be doing the podcast. So right. to me, it's almost like this vision I have coming to fruition that we can do it differently right? and uh, and make it work. Nice. So today's episode, we're going to just kind of do a review okay. of every episode we've done, like just... Every episode? Every episode, rapid fire. All right. some Quick will, hitters. Yeah, some right. will camp out on longer yep. than others. Yeah. Um, some will kind of breeze by, but... What I'm what I'm hoping we can accomplish is like a digest of like okay. what we've covered in the past year. And um yeah, I think it'll open up a lot of, you know, it'll surprise us. It well, might. I think I think too, if you're listening to this episode, this is gonna be a really good snapshot of like what we've been preaching for a year. And right. it's and it's so I would say it's gonna encompass full service from running a small business and from an advisory standpoint, like mm-hmm. how to do it better. We're going to talk a lot about technology, how to do it more efficient, technology and apps, understanding your finances, tax, planning, working with an advisor. Like I think that's going to be, and getting your act together. Yeah. If I had to guess. Starting with episode one. All right. I mean, saving time and money with cloud accounting right out of the gates, oh. just <laughs> a real hard swing for just the whole, I mean, I think that's the whole yeah. idea of mirror group, right. whole idea of, you know, what you, like you said earlier, your vision for this firm. Right. Um, how does cloud accounting save time and money? Well, it eliminates duplicative tasks for one thing and allows people to get, collaborative. So, you know, what, when I moved, when I moved to zero specifically zero as a cloud accounting software to replace QuickBooks desktop in our firm, it was because of the collaboration aspect. I mean, I can, you as a client can be anywhere in the world. I can be anywhere in the world. It's unlimited users. We can get in there and collaborate. We can connect apps to do other things like payroll and inventory and CRM and all kinds of stuff. And so it just opened the floodgates of collaboration and working better together. Yeah. So from that standpoint, and with API, we talk about APIs a lot, meaning you can connect to other apps. It's saved tasks. Like everybody, if you listen to this, you know, there's certain things that you put in one software and then you turn around and put it in another software. Right. Like that right then and there is eliminated most times with cloud software. Because the apps talk to each other. Because, I mean, you might have a software that you do things in, like Gusto Payroll is a perfect example. Zero doesn't run payroll, but Gusto does. But you connect them, and Gusto sends the payroll data into Zero, So you don't have to go make a journal entry or record the payroll. It's done for you. So just right then and there, the the, the collaboration and the integration saves time and money. Yeah. 
And most of the money saving is just because software is cheaper than than people. Correct. And manuals time. Yeah, we're dealing right now. Time. Yeah, we're we're dealing not often, but we're still dealing with a couple of uh, legacy clients with bookkeepers, and we can tell just by well, first of all, they're in QuickBooks Desktop. But the second thing is they're they're making data entries in different software. They don't mm-hmm. talk. They sometimes don't agree. They yeah. don't reference each other. Just like, and we could tell, I was like, I could imagine what's going on over there, the paper they're pushing around and the inefficiency. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yikes. All right. All right. Episode number two, yep. creating a frictionless payment process. I love this one okay. because it's transformed our business. Um, I would say if you are, and we're specifically, I would not say specifically talking about service-based businesses, but but a lot but you've got to give your clients opportunities to pay you and not bounce. Mm-hmm. So think about sending people invoices over email with a click to pay button where they get they get or a text where they get literally click to pay, they have Apple Pay on their phone, done. Yeah. Versus I send them that's funny, a buddy of mine uh, who's a client, we just got him set up on zero and he's he does uh, landscaping. So he came the other day and kind of redid our flower beds and he sent me an invoice and I clicked on it. It's in zero, but he hadn't set up a payment service yet. And I emailed him like, I said, bro, I got to mail you a check. Like just messing with him. He goes, hook it up. Like meaning put, please go put a payment service in. But again, I went to pay. I haven't paid yet because I printed out the invoice. I have to bring it home. I got to get my wife to write a check or I have Mm -hmm. to write a check. And like, so again, you don't want those. Those are all points of friction. Right. You can say what you want about, you know, older people, they don't care about that and they don't. And and it's not that many tasks and it isn't, but it still is friction. Yeah. It's easier to get an invoice, click two buttons and the money's out of your account or the charge is on your credit card and it's going to the vendor. Right. Like so much easier. So many businesses are in the account receivable and collections business. In this day and age, you shouldn't be. Software should do that for you. Clearly communicated payment processes should be given to your clients. Yeah. And you should make it easy where when we, like, for instance, our tax process starts with an engagement where you have to put in your bank account or your credit card information. Yeah. And it ends with a with an email or, in our case, a teamwork notification saying, hey, we finished your tax return. Using the payment method you put in, we're going to initiate a draft of payment. Done. Yeah. Like, we're not going back to you. You shouldn't have AR or have collection problems in this day and age with the software. Yeah. And the other little thing that I remember we talked about too is reconsider the fees and just the the fees are worth the, the, the faster you'll, you know, the fees are worth getting money faster. Yeah. And if not, there's still ways around it with ACH and the software that can be built around that. So. Heck yeah. I would say, I would say the the fees are worth it. And what we're talking about is if somebody pays with a credit card, right? Let's just say Mm -hmm. 3%. But that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Payment services are being driven down. And I promise you in the future, you'll get paid with crypto. You'll get paid with a stable whoa, coin. Whoa, I know. Left, just sharp left. I know. Turn. I know. Just 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 hear me out. You will get paid with a stable coin. It will cost nothing and you'll have the money instantaneously. So you heard it here, folks. It's gonna happen. <laughs> like I've already reached out to one of our like practice or ignition. It used to be practice ignition who handles our our ACH and quoting software. Yeah. And I said, are y'all looking into getting people paying with stable coins? It's probably leading edge, but in five years, you're going to yeah. get paid with stable coins. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Off my soapbox. All right. Episode three, avoiding last minute tax stress. You hinted at this when we started the episode that yeah. like 
the whole idea looks different. You know, this place isn't spinning around with papers flying around. And yeah, you, know. you just need to be. And I think that I've, I won't camp on this one very long. But work with somebody throughout the year. The tax return should be the end of end of the engagement, not the beginning. So if you're working as a small business owner with your CPA, you've planned your accounting's up to date because they have access to it. They can help you. You know, we, we do that with lots of clients where they may do their books, but we pop in there because, again, it's cloud-based. We can go look mm-hmm. at it. We fix a few things. Tax returns are formality. We've planned for it. The books are good. Done. Don't let this don't – do don't be the guy. I've heard this before. I'm doing my taxes this weekend which turns into I'm doing my taxes for this week or two, meaning that, that, that's them grabbing spreadsheets and bank statements and receipts and trying to compile all this stuff. First of all, you don't know what you made. You had no clue and you hadn't planned for anything. Don't be that guy. Boom. All right. <laughs> Episode four, how to streamline your back office. I think we've talked, it's like we hinted around this with all the other episodes, but this would be get a central hub from, for you. So I would say it starts with your accounting piece. Mm-hmm. Get a centralized hub for your data. We use Xero, X-E-R-O, um, as our centralized hub. And then we connect other applications with it to do other things. So I'll give you the mirror group example. We use Zero for accounting, our own accounting. We use Gusto for our payroll, which we'll talk about Gusto, I'm sure. And then we use Routable for bill payment. So nobody in my firm, no vendor of mine gets paid with a check. If you want to become a vendor, like our rent today, perfect example. We have an automated task that queues up a bill, and Stephanie is kind of like our operations manager. She initiates the task for me and just says, hey, you want to pay the rent via Routable? I, I, two clicks, yes, click ACH is being sent to them. So what did that, what did that eliminate? Check, stamp, mm-hmm. forgetting. Like right. Now, and also, when it's done Routable, the accounting's done for me. So now Routable, because it talks to zero, sends back a basically sends back data that says, hey, reduce the bank account by the amount of the rent and say that account's payable bill has been paid. Yeah. So and now at the end of the year, you're not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not doing my taxes this weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, this one's going to be tough. Talking tax basis. Why don't you just give us a few terms? Tax basics. Ooh. Basics. Yeah. Okay, this tax- is just like an intro. We can't, oh do, you know, go back and watch the full episode, but yeah. what, just what are some terms people need to know? What is a uh, deduction versus credit? You need to understand that. I would say understand how the tax brackets work. So let's real quick deduction. Okay. If you're in the 22% tax bracket and you get a $10,000 deduction that saves you $2,200, the deduction times the tax rate. Very simple. If you get a $10,000 tax credit, and your total tax was fifteen thousand. Now your tax is going down from fifteen to ten. I mean to five. Like you said, it's like a tax gift card. Mm-hmm. So credit reduces taxes dollar for dollar. Deduction reduces taxes at the at your tax whatever tax bracket you're in. Right. Okay. Um, predicting your business's future with accounting basics. Ooh. This I'm, was all about KPIs. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I would say okay. Um, God, this is like hitting me fast. Understand the things that move the needle in your business. So understand what a new client, new patient, new customer brings in. That'll help you then determine, okay, every time we bring in a new client, they're worth $1,000 per year and they cost us $300. So you can kind of start to see if we grow, what would our bottom line look like with additional customers? Know what our fixed costs are. So again, if you know that with every customer comes certain variable costs, but the fixed costs do not increase, you'll you kind of start to predict like, okay, 
Like we, I think this example was we were talking about a pest control business, and we had said every every truck we put on the road with a guy running a route is a fifty thousand dollars. But we know that, or let me back up. It was a hundred, maybe one hundred fifty. But the cost of that truck and the guy was sixty. Well, then we can predict for every truck we bring on, we make another ninety grand. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. All right. <clears throat> All right. So the next three episodes yep. after that, we walked people through the total control accounting system. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of do the quick yep. high level. What are the e- what are what are each stage right the shoebox the bookkeeper and CEO okay so shoebox is where you're moving from exactly what it says shoebox receipts in a shoebox or a envelope documents everywhere invoicing on PDFs and Word documents nothing contained in one place so what we do when we get you out of the shoebox phase is we get you cleaned up. So we, we take all of you, and this is what a lot of accounting firms do, but they leave you at this spot. They don't bring you to the next steps. They might clean up your data, meaning they take all that. And accountants are good at this. They can take all of your crap, make it into, into a set of financial statements, and do the tax return. Well, you first of all, that did you nothing for the, the year that's already done. It's done. Mm-hmm. So we don't leave you there. We get you cleaned up, and then we get you consistent. Oh, no. So we get you collaborative. So right. we get you cleaned up, and while we're doing that, we put you in zero. Yeah. We get you collaborative. So, okay, so now your data is cleaned up and we can look at it all the time and help you. And then we get you consistent. Yeah. So we train you how to use it. We give you the tools on how to use the software because there are certain tricks you can work in zero that make things go way faster. And what happens with most people is they don't, they're not consistent, so they fall back into the shoebox phase. Right. They, 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 but we give you the tools to be consistent. That's right. true. Okay. And then, so that's, that's when you enter your now bookkeeper phase, Correct. you've got your stuff together yep. and you, you kind of move out of the, yeah. the record into, yeah. That's, you're, yeah. So you're, you're cons- looking at, you're, you're reading your data, right? Yeah. You're consistent. The data is uh, repeatable. You can rely on it. It's accurate. Now you're starting to, what I talked about kind of in that last point about understanding the pest control business, you're starting to understand like, okay, when I do this in my business, this is the result. And when I do this, this is the result. Like you're starting to understand cause and effect, um, starting to dial down on things that work, things that don't, um, and starting to ask questions about like, if we did more of this, would it help or less of this? Yeah. And starting to read your data. Right. And yeah. you, you move from reading to reaping. Yeah. The last stage is where you're looking for opportunities. The data has, the data is consistent. It's organized. You've dialed in what moves the needle in your business. You're trying to do more of that. You're looking for acquisitions. You're trying to figure out how best to structure growth, whether that's partners or, or, or lending. Um, you are now like the, the organization is running smoothly. You are now strategically looking for opportunities to grow or to have the business you've always wanted, whether that's a business where you said, I just want to make 250000 and work four hours a week and let this thing run on autopilot, and I'm going to go hang out in Seaside, Florida for the summer. Great. Or, no, I want to grow this to $10 million, $20 million, $100 million business. We now have the system in place. Like, that's that step. Yeah. All right. All right. Episode 10, finding tax benefits when saving for retirement, health, and education. Oof. I mean, this is comprehensive. A lot of let's it. Just, let's go depends. retirement. I'll just get you retirement. So I think a lot of people don't even realize um, that they can make retirement contributions, whether through work, a retirement plan at work, or through being self-employed with having retirement plans set up. So 401ks, simple IRAs. Um, SEP IRAs, traditional and Roth IRAs, all that kind of stuff. So just understanding that those things are available. Um, and then I'll, I'll kind of hit with health. With health, we talked, I think it was HSAs and probably, mm-hmm. so HSAs real quick is 
most people can't deduct their medical expenses because of the limitations inherent with medical deductions. But you can deduct the contributions you make to a health savings account, and then you use that money to refund or reimburse yourself for out-of-pocket health care costs. So basically with HSA, you turn what would otherwise be non-deductible medical expenses to deductible contributions to an HSA. All right. All right. The philosophy of becoming a customer of your own business. Oh, God, this was good. This was based on... This was based on my experience working with a title company and thinking to myself, why have they not, why are they not using technology? What happened was I was selling my house and the pre-closer sends me, which you get this, the, the, the 15 questions. How long have you lived at the house? Um, what do you do? Like, I'm trying to think of the questions, but they were, send us your date of birth, your wife's date of birth. I mean, very like sensitive in nature and questions that would be used if you were like doing security questions. Like, what was your first address? What was your last known right, address? Like right. all that stuff. Your like, mother's maiden name. It, yeah. Exactly. It was in an email with one, two, three, four, basically the, hey, see below in red. When mm-hmm. you, you know, somebody sent you an yeah. email and you, you responded to their questions in their original, it was like that. And I thought to myself, okay, no encrypted link, no secure portal. I was like, this, this can't be the way we do this. Yeah, With so much software, you're telling me that you have a person typing up curated lists. First of all, it wasn't templated. It wasn't scalable. You have somebody behind, like typing up a curated li- list of questions for me to answer in email format with secure with very sensitive information. I literally emailed the guy who I know runs that title firm. I said, dude, is this how y'all do this? Because this is not a great experience. What it made me think of is, is what are my clients experiencing working with us? Mm-hmm. So... Become a client of your own business. Think through how you deliver your service and the pain points and the frustrations. I promise you it'll make your business better. Nice. A virtual business. This was on the heels of, you know, oh, yeah. COVID and everything else yeah. and just, you know, 2022. Yeah, this was this was us walking through. I think the analogy was you in your mom's basement, you know, in your pajamas. <laughs> right. So I think it was you, you can get with your state, secretary of state, you can form a business. In fact, I did this last week. It was up and running in like a day. Um, and then from that, you can you can set up zero. You can set up Gusto for payroll. And you can set up a bank account with Relay. Relay is an online bank. You can have that up and running pretty quickly. And you can do all that from the comfort of your basement. Yeah. Or a coffee shop if or you choose. Or a coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. Dealing with the IRS as a business owner. Should I take this one? or no? <laughs> <laughs> You got the most experience. Yeah, I would say this. You get a letter. It's going to happen. Inevitably happens. Don't rush and pay it. Don't freak out. People get notices all the time. We help them through it. The worst thing you can do is just simply pay it because you're that guy who's organized and efficient and you don't like, I've heard, I know that my clients that do this, that have done this is because they don't like anything outstanding. They're the kind of people who say, I don't want an extension. And you say, why not? It's because I just want my taxes done. They yeah. can't really articulate why yeah. other than the, the the emotional feel of getting their to-do yeah. list done. Don't be that guy. You're going to get a notice that happens all the time. More than not, their notices are wrong or fixable. Right. Yeah. Don't break off your engagement. Um, that's right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> my, that That's uh, a story. Basically, I got a phone call. I was uh, engaged to be married. I got a phone call that I owed like $40,000 in taxes out of nowhere. And I just remember really? calling Val and being like, I think this is wrong. I'm talking to Marcus about it, but... <laughs> 
funny. yeah. Hope we can still get married. And right, right, right. <laughs> no, that worked out good for you. Yeah, it ended up being wrong. So okay. Um, understanding basic accounting terms. Just hit us with five. You don't have to define. Yeah, them. income, Just, expenses, yeah. fixed assets, liabilities, equity. Boom. I'll throw in basis there. I think that if you understand that, and we'll get to that in a minute. That's a tax one. Ooh, that's like advanced. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, case studies in cloud accounting. This was um, this was us talking about a few different scenarios, right? Yeah, I think you. Could, I think we could even gloss over this one. I think you kind of get what we're saying. We talked about getting out of chaos to con- total. Uh, you know, chaos to total control, zero yeah. running a virtual business. Like that's all wrapped up. Yeah, in there. you've hinted at this one too. Ways to work with your CPA throughout the year, so you're not that guy. What What would you recommend? First step: have your data collaborative. Have it up to date, organized, or have an engagement with us where we have your data reconciled, up to date, organized. It answers all the questions. You, you're a better client when you have good data. Yeah. This one's a little fun. Creative compensation methods to keep and attract employees. I remember this one being a little outside of the box. Yeah, I think we were talking about, like, you know, I mean, the pandemic was a good one where you can reimburse people for home office expenses and that sort of thing. It's not taxable to them. Or you can give them 401k matching contributions or all the things that you can do for an employee that aren't taxable to them but benefit them. So generally, those are going to be reimbursements of -of out-of-pocket costs uh, that they can substantiate or uh, benefits like 401k matching, HSA contributions, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because what you don't want is you don't want things that are taxable. Right. You want deductible by the company, non-taxable to the recipient. Good stuff. A glimpse of the future of accounting. This was... You oh, just when I went to AI, from, that's when I went to AICPA Engage. Yeah. Oh, man. They were this talking, one you were talking about some kind of RPA, like, yeah. robotic process automation. Yeah. Where are we at with that? Not far. <laughs> <laughs> Come see me next, the yeah, next 52 episodes. Yeah. yeah, that was RPA real quick was basically you can program bots to grab data from different um, programs or applications and put that data other places. The example they gave was a very big real estate investor with multiple properties where they were pulling the data from, I think it was QuickBooks online and putting it in the tax software in a minute. Wow. Like a hundred properties. Gotcha. Mirror group, a year in review. This was on the heels of a year anniversary at the firm. Yeah. And you guys are around and I mean, this summer will be year two. August, right? August, we make two years. Um, yeah. I feel like we're doing the year interview right now. Kind of. Well, this uh, is the podcast. Yeah. But as, how are things going with the firm? I feel like you're, great. I mean, you yeah, know, great. you're taking in the direction you want. We are. So we're, if you're listening to this, we need an intern. So awesome. college students out there, if you want to work at like a tech forward, um, really cool spot. That's totally different than other CPA firms yeah. you're looking at and pe- probably pays you better. And look, you. and can I just say this too? I can't imagine. I mean, if you're in this, if you're in the season of life where you're interning at different CPA firms, I've, this one's cool, calm and collected. And like you said, it's two weeks out from one of the major tax yeah. days. Right. You know, I mean, you guys are busy, yeah. you're, you're working, mm-hmm. but there's no, th- this is not chaos here. You know, look, I'm working tomorrow. Don't get it. It's yeah. not full people, oh, but, but tomorrow's here's a, a Saturday. And tomorrow's a Saturday. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Preventing fraud in your business. All right. Let couple- me see. I think I can nail okay. this one because right. this one stuck with me. Yeah. I think all you need to know is there it's the, uh, the three things. Okay. Let me see if I can get Ooh. it. Um, you, I'm not gonna be able to get the terms right, right. But basically you can't have the same person, um, writing the checks, accounting for the checks and, uh, um, custody over the checks and, and have the access to yeah. do it. Yeah. So that would be custody. Yeah. So yes, 
That's you're exactly right. So basically, segregation of duties. Every accountant learned that in audit 101, but it still rings true. But even with the technology is making this a lot easier to give people segregated duties and different authorization levels. Bottom line is, you don't want somebody that can initiate payment and then account for the payment. Right. I think everybody kind of gets that, right? How do people get stolen from? It's because they they're it's always 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 the internal bookkeeper admin office manager who writes a check who has a check stamp right of the owner's signature he's on vacation just handle it they write a 300 check to a fictitious company they've created small amount nobody caught it okay time passes a little bit bigger amount that's how you get the four million dollars of fraud a little out of time wow um, chaos to control and accounting. I think we'll breeze past this yeah. one is a client's journey. Um, yeah. but kind of basically we just talked with Adam Broussard on mm-hmm. how he kind of went, um, yeah. you know, out of chaos into control and accounting yep. Four apps. We recommend to every business. Okay. I, th- I think, let me go from memory. I think this was Gmail or G suite or Google. Was it workspace now? Zero gusto and one password. I think those were the four. Yeah. Zero, we've talked about, you know, gusto. We're going to talk about more great payroll solution. We'll get, we have an episode on that one. Uh, G Suite, everybody kind of, I think people get that. Gmail with all the connected apps. I'll, we're, we're using the Google uh, Sheets a lot now. And then one password as a password manager. If you ask my staff, the one piece of software that they absolutely love is one password. Set complex passwords. Don't have to remember them. One password is, literally means you have to remember your one master password to log you into all of these. Because we log into tons of things every day. Right. Um, super secure. Like, great tool. Yeah. Ten things you should ask before working with your CPA. That's too much to tackle, but I'll I'll hit at the heart of this one. Basically, um, what we were doing was, I think we just took a blog post somebody had written and kind of, we asked you those questions. Right. So, um, if you're not at a place where you can ask your CPA questions... Get a new one. Yeah, I'll just one. leave it that one. <laughs> Understanding the types of LLCs. And I think that's a little misleading because there are, the LLC is just an LLC. But I think what, what, what we're getting at is LLC can be taxed differently depending upon how you handle LLCs can be taxed differently. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it at that. They can be a sole proprietorship, a C-corp, an S-corp, or a partnership. When people say, like I had, a, I had a new client the other day. I said, well, okay, how do you file your taxes? He goes, well, I'm an LLC. That literally tells me nothing. But everybody says it. There right. is, let me just leave with this. There is no LLC tax return. There isn't one. An LLC is either a sole proprietorship, meaning it's a disregarded entity. It's a partnership, meaning it, it files as a tax partnership. It files as an S corporation or a C corporation. There's no place in the tax code that says an LLC tax return. So if you want more on that, we dive all into that episode. That was a good one. Yeah. And that, that dovetailed nicely into understanding S-Corps yeah. because... Yeah, S-Corps are being pitched to a lot of people. I think with the reference we kept giving was TikTok. Yeah. Like, listen, guys, if you get boilerplate, cookie-cutter advice, think about that. How can somebody understand if you need to be an S-Corp from a cookie-cutter 30,000-foot view? It's not possible. Yeah. It doesn't work for everybody, but the basics of an S-Corp is the S-Corp doesn't pay tax. It, the, the income flows through to you personally, but you have to take a reasonable compensation as the owner operator. That's the big takeaway. And people try to play the game of getting out of payroll tax by, you know, they make 200,000 in their S corp and they pay themselves a $10,000 salary. That's not going to work. Bottom yeah. line is you got to pay yourself a reasonable salary, which then makes the case that should you just be a sole proprietorship. So I would say mm-hmm. that's the debate in the S corp. Gotcha. Five costly miscategorizations when doing your accounting. 
Let me give you the biggest one. Yeah. It happened. This happened with a client the other day. Treating loan proceeds as income. This is why you don't do your own books if you don't know what you're doing. Okay. Guy's drawing money off a construction line of credit. That's not income. He puts it in construction income. It's not. It's an increase to your loan on your balance sheet. Like yeah. it was like 120000 If we just don't even look at that or you just hand somebody that, you go to HR Block and say, file my taxes, they're going to say that's income. Oh, dang. Bang. Name and names. Don't, don't do Watch that. Out. <laughs> Watch out. Watch yeah. out. All right. Why should you start cloud accounting on day one? Foundation. Foundation, great point to jump off with an advisor. Can invite them to be collaborative. Start understanding how data flows. Start connecting apps. Don't do it's costlier to do it later. Gotcha. It, nine year in tax prep considerations. Yeah. We've probably hit this one pretty hard. Just, yeah. you know. I would say a, just uh, the biggest one I would say is people, you always hear this. I'll say something maybe to not do. There's commercials in a local auto dealership in town. Buy a SUV, write it off. Everybody wants, everybody, I should buy, what should I buy this year? And I always say, do you need it? Fixed assets are the big thing everybody talks about because you can generally write them off in full, certain, you know, subject to certain caveats. And you can buy something on December 30th and write it off. But do you need it? If you buy a $60,000 vehicle, it's only going to save you maybe 40%, so it saves you $24,000. Did you, you still have to pay sixty grand for it. Yeah. So 60 minus 24 means you're still out of pocket 36 grand. Did you need it? Something to think about. Yeah. All right. Accounting to the moon, crypto and taxes. Oh, There's so much Ooh. here. I'm just going to sum it up yeah. with this definition. It's important to know if you dabble in crypto, crypto is a property property and therefore it is subject to capital gains. Correct. Tax. The, yeah. The buy and sell of it. Right. Um, so that's important to know and you can kind of do the math on all those implications there. Yep. Episode 30, understanding key performance indicators. We hinted at this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just understand at a very simple level, the most savvy business people I know, know the three or four things in their business that move the needle, which means they do more of that more profit comes from it. Doesn't have to be crazy sophisticated, but it does, it does presuppose that your data is good and accurate, mm-hmm. but just understand like, Hey, the pest control business. It's a very simple example. Every truck brings in 150 grand. Okay, I can afford the $60,000 loan to fund the cost of that truck and that route. Very simple. That's a simple KPI. Right. All things bookkeeping for small business. I remember this one started in one direction and we quickly <laughs> realized, or I came to the conclusion, yeah, why, would you ever, if you're starting day one, would you ever need a bookkeeper? You, I would say this. You're going to need somebody looking over your shoulder and coaching you if you're going to do it in-house. Um so yeah, I mean it's and as it gets a little more as it gets a little more complex and you've got adjustments that need to be made, then you might need somebody in house. But you can do a lot with the setup now and somebody like us coaching you. Gotcha. The basics of basis. All right. So, oh God, was this basis on like selling property? I think it was. Yeah, this was like depreciation. Let me give you a very very simple example. You buy a house rental property for a hundred thousand dollars. This is a very simple, simple example. And after 10 years, you've written off 27,000 written off, meaning you've taken depreciation deductions. There were deductions up to 27,000, you know, in aggregate over the 10 years. Okay. You now, so hundred thousand dollars, 27,000 of accumulated depreciation. You sell that property for 150,000. Most people would say I have a $50,000 gain wrong. 
you have a $73,000 gain. Why? Because your $100,000 basis has now been written down to $77,000. Or $23,000. Back up. $73,000. $100,000 of basis, less than $27,000 of accumulated depreciation. So that's you pay tax on the difference between one fifty and seventy three. Got it. Most people that, that that's depreciation recapture. We go into that in that episode. Understood. All right, episode thirty three. Take advantage of employee retention tax credits. These are huge and almost like a lot of people I think don't know about them. So let me give you some numbers. These are the claims we've made for clients. 920,000, 241,000, 118,000, 44,000, 21,000. Those are real-world, legitimate employee retention tax credit claims we've made for clients. Right, and a credit meaning Money the gift bet- card. Yeah, it will be, yeah, that's you're right, and it will be taxable. But these are credits based on you hiring employees in a period in which your revenue dropped relative to that same quarter of 2019. So a very high-level example. Let's use 2021 because that's when the credits are really big. In 2019, let's just say in the second quarter of 2019, your revenue was $100,000. In the second quarter of 2021, your revenue was uh, $70,000. So you had a $30,000 drop, which would be a 30% drop. You have to have a 20% revenue drop to meet the criteria to be eligible. And then then the wages you paid in that quarter up to the first $10,000 per employee or 70% credit. So seven thousand dollar credit per employee. So think about it. If you're in that scenario, you had a hundred grand of revenue in the, in one quarter of, of 2019. Same quarter of 2020, it dropped by thirty percent. You qualify, then you start looking. Who did I pay? Uh, if I pay them up to ten thousand, I get a seven thousand dollar credit. Huge. Think about how many people get paid ten thousand in a quarter. That's only like a forty thousand dollar a year pace. Yeah. Huge. So. A lot of people are not thinking they qualify. The, the $920,000 one I just mentioned was a guy at church, a buddy of mine, who I mentioned this to, and he was like, what are you talking about? I said, let me look into it for you. $920,000. Wow. You should get a billboard. <laughs> we should. <laughs> this one's interesting. Tax benefits of employing your children. All right. Very simple example is your tax, your kids are in a lower tax bracket than you. I think everybody gets that. So if you own a business and let's just say you pay your kids, one kid, let's just say you pay them $10,000. Mm-hmm. Well, that 10000 and let's just say you're in the 37% tax bracket, saves you $3,700, right? Right. 10000 times 37%. But it won't be taxable to them. Assuming they don't have any other income, they're under the standard deduction threshold. Yeah. So you could pay them. You need to give them money anyway for whatever, summer camp, Right. Well, there's your there's your money to pay them, and you get a deduction for it. That's yeah. the that's the gist of it. You got to make sure it's reasonable work for the age they are, and I think that kind of makes yeah. common sense. And yeah, never mind. Almost <laughs> as almost as a silly question. You're taxed even though even when you're you're a minor, you're still taxed. Correct. You just don't make them enough. Usually, yeah, you can make to, enough to be under the threshold, or don't make enough and under the threshold, yeah. so you don't. It's not yeah. taxable. Yeah, I just was thinking for a second. There's no way you would not be able to vote and still get Correct. taxed. But, but that's, that is but the, case. the case. But the all, case. and I'll also mention this: <laughs> the, the, the really nice thing you do is you pay them ten grand and you put six thousand in a Roth IRA and let that compound while they're ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Wow. Yep. Um, that's how the rich get richer. Of course. All right, and let's you can't see. <laughs> Fostering bold change in your business. This was a great, we this had a was, guest. Yeah, this was um, a good one. All right, this is Clayton George of PES, which I think is Practical Engineering Solutions here in Lafayette, Louisiana, who's basically running an engineering firm 
that I'm admiring from afar, who's adopted value, value-based pricing principles, who's evaluated like a total transparency with the clients and his, and his um, employees who really kind of operate like partners. They get to pick the work they want to do. They know exactly what they get paid for it. Really, really good case study on how to bring your business forward with some forward thinking ideas where everybody wins. Like if you're in a service-based business specifically, trying to figure out how to compensate people, how to, how to get alignment. We talked a lot about alignment between the clients, the organization and the employees. Like this was a great episode. Yeah. That was cloud accounting for real estate. Yeah, this was where we brought uh, Quentin on to talk about the client. He had moved a client of his who has over 100 rental properties, moved them away from a property manager to an in-house property manager and using the software released, which can do all kinds of things. And they are loving it. And they've been able to shave costs and bring everything in-house and have a totally collaborative cloud-based system that they manage. Their tenants can upload repair requests they can yeah. put pictures i mean it's great yeah and here was the nice thing if we realized that there's pretty much a solution like that in every industry yeah you know somebody said why isn't there a solution for caterers they've made it you right. know or yeah you know, honeybook you yeah. know so the point being you know if you haven't if you haven't looked into that in a while do it yep um zero is our choice for cloud accounting software. I think we can skip that one. Yeah, everybody we've, gets made that. The, we've made that point. <laughs> what your CPA needs to prepare your tax return. This one's relevant because you might be, you know, yeah, I think, doing that in the I, next think two in, weeks. I think most people, I, I think more documents than, than you think. Meaning, don't try to parse through your information and say, oh, well, I don't think he needs that. Inevitably, this is what happens. Somebody gets a 12 page 1099 and they go, nah, he doesn't need pages 8 through 12. How do you know? How do you know there's not something on the last page that's relevant? You don't know. Just give us everything. Um, I think that's the takeaway here. If it says a tax document or um, it says it's important, just give it to us. We'll we'll sort through it and, and let you know. Yeah. What to be aware when closing a business? Yeah, this is a good one because it inevitably comes to bite people when they don't close certain accounts. So you need to make sure that you close your sales tax, your withholding, um, your, you file final returns, you mark them final so that the government agencies that you're filing with aren't expecting you to file, penalize you in the future. So just make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. Yeah. We did a recap on more reasons why zero yep. is, uh, our choice for cloud accounting. We'll, we'll go past that one too. Real estate too, growing yep. a real estate business. This we interviewed, um, the actual client yeah, Chris Granger. that, yep. um, you know, kind of his take on everything. And, and it was really interesting yep. to kind of hear his perspective. Um, Tax advantages of real estate. I thought this was interesting. It motivated both of us at yeah. the end of the episode. Like, why aren't we doing this more? You know? Yeah. So tax advantages of real estate, I think just a very high level, you, you can pay tax on less than your cash flow. And I think that's the essence of why people like real estate is that it's cash flowing, but on paper, because of depreciation, it's not making money. It's not profitable, although economically it is. Right. And so they can make cash flow and not pay any tax, plus they get appreciation. That's like the holy grail in the tax code. Yeah. You know, tax, cash flow, appreciation, no tax. Yeah. Real estate's the only real place you see that. Right. Everything you need to know about self-employment tax. Oh, God. Self-employment tax. What you need to know is this. It's a separate tax running in the background that has nothing to do with income tax. So think of it like this. If you're self-employed, you and the government's trying to put you on the same footing as an employee. What does that mean? Well, when you work for somebody, you notice they take Social Security and Medicare from, from you. They take it from you from your paycheck. They withhold it. And then your employer matches those two things. 
When you're self-employed, you're both the employee and the employer. The government wants that tax, which is roughly 15%. Has nothing to do with if you ultimately make money, like, from an income tax perspective. Right. So just know that it's a separate tax running in the background that can really bite you. If you're now a consultant, a gig economy worker, like this is the tax that creeps up and bites everybody that they don't see coming. Yeah. 20 seconds. Tell us what total accounting control looks like in a small business. Yeah, that's. I think that would kind of go when you're going from that shoebox to bookkeeper. The data's cleaned up. It's collaborative. It's consistent. Um, you're able to add on applications to fine tune, like maybe there's inventory you, you're, you're consistent and it's organized, but it's, it can be better. Like you starting to look for opportunities to do things better. You're clearly organized and efficient and data is accurate. Nice. Ins and outs of sales tax. Ooh. And there's a few of them. Oh, sales tax. Okay. Um, understand what's taxable. First thing, generally most services aren't, this is going to be uh, but but in some states they are more like repair type services like your auto repairs and oil changes and stuff that can be taxable. But just generally speaking, products start to understand local tax rates versus state because a lot of like in Louisiana we have a different tax rate in every parish. So to, you know, mm-hmm. and then a state rate, and then start to understand what happens if you start to do e-commerce and you sell like we're in Louisiana, you sell to somebody in Missouri and Washington and Vermont. What does that look like? I would say if you have that talk, Avalara is our sales tax solution for clients with e-commerce to understand the implications of selling uh, remotely. Nice. Credits and deductions. Yep. Uh, we talked about this yeah, we, in the... Uh, when you asked me for tax basics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's skip that one. The IRS and your charitable donations. Biggest thing I would say is this. Understand that charitable donations are, what's, are, are in the tax world. They're in the itemized deduction pool. So if you don't have enough itemized deductions, which would include your charitable and mortgage interest and state taxes, you could be in a situation where you think you're giving and it's going to save you on taxes, but it's really not because you're taking the standard deduction. So it could provide no benefit is my point. So expectations. Second thing, understand the difference between a charitable donation and a gift. Go fund me. If your neighbor's house flooded and you give them $1,000, great. It's awesome. It's not deductible. <laughs> it's a gift. So charitable donations are things given to churches and charities. Nonprofits. Underst- nonprofits. Like, Understand like the difference. the class, the 501. That's right. Okay. So you give to the United Way, deductible. You give to your brother-in-law because he lost his job, not the de- nice, not deductible. Gotcha. All right. A case for crypto. Yeah. Ooh. And you've you've <laughs> tried to like kick open that door a few times. Yeah. Here here's your shot. Yeah. And what did we say? I think that you you said it was economic, was it freedom? I think we were talking about the concept of your mo- sovereignty over your money. Right. Um, the ability to control it, the ability to take it anywhere in the world. Um, and then just think about your life. Everything has been digitized. You're I, I am of the opinion your money will be too. And so start to understand that, start to understand what stable coins are. I mentioned that earlier. I think people are going to get paid in stable coins. They're faster, efficient, at this, they're next to nothing cost. Um, and then I'm a, obviously a big believer in Bitcoin. So we'll leave it at that. All right. Using Gusto to make payroll a breeze. Okay. Gusto payroll, we, it's, we use it here at Mirror Group. I'll tell you one thing about it. You can run your payroll on autopilot. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Think about that. So payroll runs in the background. Pay so our payroll here runs in the background. It just pays people. It sends us an email. Gusto does say, "Hey, do you want to make any changes? If not, great, we'll run it for you." What does that mean? It means everybody gets paid. They draft the taxes from me. They pay the taxes to the federal and state government. They file all the payroll tax returns, and I'm done. Yeah. 
Plus, they do all kind of other things for HR and everything you can think of of managing your people, Gusto does, and they do it really well. And you can add your subcontractors in there, too. If that's kind of business, you have a mix of employees Mm -hmm. and and subcontractors and make it just as easy all in one place. Yeah, you're getting paid by Gusto as a subcontractor Mm -hmm. right now, aren't you? Right. Yep. Um, Managing a modern expense account. Yeah, this so this I think kind of came on the heels of you and I talking about organizations we've been involved in with, on boards and multiple people like having to spend money and have to go to the, the office to get a check or I need to get debit card and reimburse. So this is just talking about the ways you can use Zero and specifically the Zero Expenses app um, to make make transactions or or either whether whether you're recording what you spent on the company credit card or submitting reimbursement claims very simply both done there and then i think we also got into talking about relay how we're using relay where we can create virtual cards that we connect to relay allows you relays an online bank allows you to create bank accounts like i don't know three seconds yeah so i created i know this is a perfect example we gave for Quentin's continuing education, I just created a bank account and I put only in that account what I wanted him to be able to spend his budget essentially. And then I created a virtual card linked to that account because I know when he pays for continuing education, it's only online. He doesn't need a physical card. So what are my controls there? Well, my controls are I can turn that card off at the drop of a hat immediately, but also the control is it's pulling from an account which only has the amount of money I want him to spend. That was easy. And that was a quick way to manage those expenses. Right. Last episode, <laughs> yes. episode 51, yeah. ordinary income versus preferred income. <laughs> and it should be stated that I write the titles <laughs> and upload right. the podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. Enough well, said. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I told Tyler before the before I looked at this, I said, I've never used the term preferred income in my life. And here it is in, in the title and the description. Yeah. Um, but what he's getting at is we were talking about ordinary income and there, and honestly to his defense there's not a great word for it. I kept using the term preferential. So I get preferred. It's shortened, it's more of a better marketing word. But what we're talking about is know the difference between things that are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Um, and then we do, we dove into what even in that subset, passive versus non-passive. And then we're talking about things that tax at preferential tax rates. The perfect example is the one I gave in that episode. People say Warren Buffett, he pays a lower tax rate than his secretary. What they're getting at is his secretary pays tax at ordinary income rates, W-2 wages. Warren Buffett's paying tax at capital gain rates, preferential treatment. Because Cap- mm-hmm. in the tax code, a lot of times they'll in, the, the tax code incentivizes a certain behavior. One of them is investing, and they give you capital gains, specifically long-term capital gains, are taxed at cheaper rates than ordinary income. Right. Whew. We did it, man. We did that, dude. Yeah, a whole year. The highlights, just the, you know. This was good to see if I'm full of it. Like, like honestly, <laughs> yeah. like, can you yeah. go through this quickly, yeah. understandably, and, and recap? I think yeah. we did a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a good episode to just go through and, like, okay, it should it should give you a real snapshot of, of the things that are important um, right. to get a handle on for sure. Um, can we summarize? What can we say? I mean, I think the whole trend is is accounting. You can make accounting easier in your business, and it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't have to, like, change your whole 
I don't know. You, or it's, avoid it. Yeah, Which exactly. is what a lot of people do. Yeah, you don't have to avoid it. You know, I think people tend to avoid it based on the reputation that it has of like, yeah. oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm right. just not a, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm right. not a books person. It's too, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, those are all excuses I've used in the past. You know? <laughs> He's drawing from experience right, here. Right. But, <laughs> but now I do feel like, yeah, the software, I mean, the software makes it so much easier. Software, there's always a software solution, it feels well, like. And think about it in your scenario, which is what I'm pitching. It's software combined with oversight. Mm-hmm. So, you know... If you have, and you've done this multiple times, you've literally shown up with your laptop, come and do the podcast. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. can I spend 20 minutes with John looking over something? Right. And you could have just as easily done that at your house and we right. could have virtually, but yeah, we just pop into the software. We're like, yeah, fix this, do this. And then it made you better yeah. at reconciling those transactions. Right. And usually they were, they were not limitations of the software. It was more limitations of miscategorizing Correct. something or, you know, um, but your, but your foundation was set. Yeah. You were doing the work. Yeah. You just put it in the wrong categories and we showed you and we fixed it. Right. Yeah. You weren't altogether avoiding it, which is what we want. You weren't doing your taxes right over yeah. the weekend. That's my favorite. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, clients will tell me, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my taxes this weekend. All right, right. cool. We should have done it last year. <laughs> over the course of the year. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers to another 52 episodes ahead of us. Hopefully we've Absolutely. got some, we've got some guests planned. Yep. Um, I think that's going to be fun to, to bring in some other perspectives and, um, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I didn't honestly didn't think we'd get this far and now it's like, can't stop. Yeah. Gotta keep going now for sure. So if you're out there, thanks for listening. Yep. And as always, you can find out, you can go back and binge the That's other, right. the other 50, 51 episodes at mirror.group. And, um, and can I do two requests? Can I do go for it? Yeah. So first, if you could leave us a review, we never really asked for those, but that would be super helpful. Get the word out, share this, you know, however you share or, or come across it. But also we have something new. If you want to be a sponsor of the podcast That's right. and reach small, and I would say our audience is small business owners and people trying to do things better and, and, um, in their business, if you, we have sponsorship opportunities. So, um, that's you reach out to me, Marcus at mirror.group. That's M I R E. Um, and leave us a review. It'd be super helpful, and we'll try to keep the good content coming. Good deal. All right, until next time. All right, see you guys.